Today we'll be doing an overview of Epcot's International Festival of the Holidays and the offerings available for this year. Hello and welcome to the Let's Go to Disney podcast. I'm your host Oliver. Today is Monday, December 4th and you're listening to episode 13, Overview of Epcot's International Festival of the Holidays. Before we get into today's main topic, here's what's going on in the parks right now. On November 30th, the Hatbox Ghost finally materialized in the Haunted Mansion at the Magic Kingdom. Disney had previously announced that he would be arriving in late November, and when he had still not been added when we arrived in Disney on November 25th, I knew there was a good chance we'd be there for his arrival, and sure enough, we were. We hopped to Magic Kingdom on the 30th and saw the Hatbox Ghost to the left of the Endless Hallway. Wait times were high on the 30th and the days after. A couple of significant things are happening at Epcot this week. Starting December 5th, Luminous, The Story of Us, will replace Epcot Forever as the nighttime spectacular at Epcot. Epcot Forever had been the placeholder since Harmonious had its last show in April, and Luminous will have its first show this week. World Celebration Gardens and the Walt the Dreamer statue will open to guests officially on December 5th in celebration of Walt's birthday. Not all of the walls are coming down, but this is progress. The statue depicts Walt later in life when he was dreaming up Epcot, and this area is named Dreamer's Point. A new restaurant just opened in Disney Springs today, December 4th. Eat by Chef Manit Shahan is the only Indian-inspired cuisine in Disney Springs, and it will be a welcome addition. I can't wait to try the food there. Having said that, let's get into today's main topic. In today's show, we'll be covering the offerings at this year's International Festival of the Holidays at Epcot, and what you can expect if you're going this year, or if you're planning a trip next year. The festival offerings year-over-year are similar enough that this should give you a good idea as to what you may want to prioritize and experience during the festival. Lucy and I literally just came back from Disney World late last night. Our connecting flight home was actually delayed by over 11 hours, so we didn't get in until very, very late last night. We visited Epcot three times during our trip to experience the festival. Honestly, with the years, Epcot has become my favorite park and I truly enjoy the festivals. The Festival of the Holidays is such a special one because we love Christmas and we obviously love Disney, so it's really fun for us to take part in the offerings at this festival. I love to see the park all decked out in holiday decorations and the pavilions look really good at this time of year. So let's kick things off with what's available to do at the festival. So first up, a fun thing for the whole family is Olaf's Holiday Tradition Expedition Scavenger Hunt. So for this, you purchase a map and stickers. They're available at most merchandise locations across the park. The map includes all of the traditions that Olaf has found in each pavilion. You match the stickers and add them to your map. Once you've found all the traditions, you can redeem your map for a completion prize, which is your pick of one of four cookie cutters of Sven, Olaf, Anna, or Elsa. This is a really fun experience for the kids and grown-ups as well, and it can help your kids keep busy while you're enjoying some of the food and drink offerings at the festival booths around the World Showcase. The best way to be able to enjoy some of the festival offerings with your kids is to include some fun things to do for them, and this is one of those things. Plus, the draw of a prize at the end can be very strong. Another thing to note as well is that you don't have to find all of them to get your prize, so don't feel pressured. And there are no rules saying that this needs to be all done in the same day. If you have more than one Epcot day in your trip, or if you have park hopper tickets and you plan to take advantage of your park hopping benefits to experience the festival on more than one day, this is definitely a good way to do that. Another fun thing for the whole family is the holiday cookie stroll. This is very similar to what you'll find during other Epcot festivals like Emile's Fromage Montage during Epcot's Food and Wine Festival. So essentially, select locations across the parks have cookies that are part of this cookie stroll. The idea is that you pick and purchase five of the cookies that are on the cookie stroll list. When you purchase a cookie, cast members at that location will stamp your passport showing which cookie you purchased. And once you've collected five stamps, you take your passport to be stamped for the sixth time and claim your prize. Spoiler alert, the prize for buying and eating five cookies is... 
another cookie, as well as a peppermint chocolate milkshake. So there are eight cookies included in the cookie stroll. And again, you only need five to complete the stroll. These don't have to be purchased all in the same day. So just like Olaf's scavenger hunt, there's zero pressure to finish this in one day. You can spread it out over two days or more, depending on what your plans are during your trip. And if you only have one Epcot day and really want to complete the cookie stroll, no one is forcing you to eat all these cookies in the same day. This is where taking Ziploc bags in your park bag becomes very handy and you can save your cookies for later. This way you can enjoy some other festival offerings without stuffing yourself on cookies. So, which cookies are on the stroll, you may ask? This year, they have the Holiday Sugar Cookie from Connections Cafe, the Jingle Sugar Cookie from Sunshine Seasons, the Spice Chocolate Cookie from Noche Buena and World Discovery, the Snickerdoodle Cookie from Yukon Holiday Kitchen in Canada, the Black and White Cookie from La Chaim between France and Morocco, the Gingerbread Cookie at the American Holiday Table, the Linzer Cookie at the Bavaria Holiday Kitchen in Germany, and the Peppermint Pinwheel Cookie from Holiday Hearth Desserts, which is currently occupying the Odyssey Building during this festival. With that said, here are the ones that we ate to complete our cookie stroll. We did the Holiday Sugar Cookie from Connections Cafe. This was a pretty standard sugar cookie. It was good, nothing wrong with it, but really nothing very special about it either. We also did the Snickerdoodle Cookie from Yukon Holiday Kitchen in Canada. This was probably the largest cookie we tried. It was good, we enjoyed it. It has bits of Snickers and chocolate drizzle on top. We also had the Peppermint Pinwheel Cookie from Holiday Hearth Desserts. This was a sugar cookie base with a very, very subtle peppermint taste. It's a visually cute cookie, but the taste was just okay. This was probably our least favorite of the bunch. The last two were the best ones that we tried. So runner up was the spice chocolate cookie from the Noche Buena Cochina in World Discovery. This was a very tasty chocolate cookie, but we couldn't really taste the spice. And I think it's meant to be in the frosting on top, but we really couldn't make it out. Having said that, it was still delicious. And the hands down best cookie we had was the Linzer cookie from Bavaria Holiday Kitchen. This was two wonderfully soft cookies with a jam in the middle, and it was so good. I could have eaten a few of these for sure. We redeemed our cookie stroll passport at Holiday Sweets and Treats near Canada in the entrance to the World Showcase. The prize, like I said, was another cookie. This was shaped like the star character from the new Wish movie. It was a sugar cookie with yellow frosting. The cookie was just okay, but the peppermint chocolate shake was really good. This was really thick. We ate ours with a spoon and it tasted more like chocolate soft serve than anything else. It was served in a commemorative cup. We washed it out and kept it. We like to collect these from the festivals and we have them displayed at the house. We really enjoy these food strolls around the world showcase. It's a fun thing to do with the whole family. And again, if you share the cookies, you can eat more of them in one day and still enjoy some of the other offerings. So it's a win-win in my opinion. In terms of entertainment, there's a lot going on around Epcot during this festival as well. So in the World Showcase Plaza between Mexico and Canada, Joyful, a celebration of the season, holds a few shows throughout the day. For example, showtimes today are 1.15, 2.20, 3.25, and 4.30. This ensemble sings gospel and blues with songs about Christmas and Kwanzaa. They're a really talented group and it's definitely worth a stop to hear them sing during the festival. We caught one of their shows during one of our Epcot days and yeah, it was really good. The crowd was loving it, they sounded great, definitely worth your time. Other entertainment you'll find in the World Showcase is storytellers in the pavilions. They have various presentations, shows, acts that express the holiday traditions celebrated by the diverse cultures represented across the Showcase pavilions. These have ongoing presentations and shows throughout the day, and they're definitely worth watching and listening as you are enjoying some of the other offerings around the pavilions. We caught a few of these as we were making our way around the World Showcase, and they are definitely a fun and entertaining addition to the pavilions during this festival. Mexico has Las Pasadas Celebration, which has storytelling, dance, and the music of Mariachi Cobre. We caught some of the music while we were there, and it was very good as always, very lively and fun. Over in the Norway Pavilion, there's a Santa that Disney describes as a trickster barn Santa. He visits an unsuspecting storyteller named Sigrid. 
We caught some of this show and it's definitely humorous and fun to check out. China has the Siju Trio, pardon my pronunciation, which celebrates the Lunar New Year with traditional music played by musicians. They also have a Chinese lion dancer, which Disney describes as a colorful performance that brings good fortune and happiness. We didn't get a chance to see this one, but it definitely sounds interesting. Italy has La Bafana, which Disney describes as a kind-hearted witch that visits your sleeping children on the eve of the epiphany. It sounds terrifying, but it's definitely not. It's fun for the whole family. In Japan, there's the Daruma storyteller that recounts the story of the Daruma doll and the New Year Japanese customs. The Hanukkah storyteller is really entertaining. This performer uses music and narration to describe the festival of the holidays and how it's celebrated around the world. He's very charismatic and entertaining. The Père Noël is in the France Pavilion, and this is also quite the act. He is very fun and tells the story of how French children celebrate Christmas. There was a funny moment when we were there. The Père Noël is pretty thin and maybe not your typical picture of how Santa looks like. But there's this little boy who asked his mom super loud for everyone to hear, is that the real Santa? And everyone laughed. It was pretty charming. In UK, you'll find Father Christmas, who shares holiday traditions from the UK. And finally, in Canada, there's the Canadian holiday voyagers who musically explain the holiday customs from across Canada. Like I said, these are quite entertaining. And if you can take some time out of your Epcot day when you're making your way around the world showcase, it's definitely worth checking out. In the America Gardens Theater at the American Pavilion, there's also the Candlelight Processional. This is a nightly show at 5.15, 7, and 8.30. This is a story of Christmas narrated by a celebrity host, the Voices of Liberty, which is a group of extremely talented singers, a 50-piece orchestra, and a massed choir, as well as herald trumpets. The show is about 45 minutes long. There are dining packages available for priority seating here, and this can be a good idea if you really want to see a certain host, like Neil Patrick Harris, John Stamos, Brendan Fraser, among others. We were supposed to see Simu Liu from Marvel's Shang-Chi, but he had to drop out unexpectedly for health reasons, so we saw Bart Millard instead. He made a joke that when his kids found out that he was replacing Simu Liu, they were disappointed because they really wanted to see him. That got a good laugh from the crowd. Regardless, it was still a really good show. The music with the full orchestra and the massive choir is just really, really good. During the festival, you'll also find a Santa Claus meet and greet in the Odyssey Pavilion. He's got his sleigh and a photo pass set up in the dining room there. Times are posted on the My Disney Experience app and he takes breaks throughout the day. Over in the Land Pavilion, there's a Christmas overlay at Living with the Land, named Living with the Land Glimmering Greenhouses. They do a really good job with the decorating here and I recommend checking it out when it gets dark out because there's a ton of lights all over the greenhouses and it's quite pretty once the sun sets. If you don't normally stop at Living with the Land, it's definitely worth it at this time of year. It's pretty much a walk-on all the time, but we saw it with a 45-minute wait one evening, so that should tell you something. Okay, next up, let's talk about the food offerings at the various holiday kitchens around the World Showcase. This is by far my favorite part of any Epcot festival, and that's the food. I'm usually pretty good about how I eat most of the year, but when I'm at Disney, that's vacation time, and I definitely allow myself to indulge in all of these yummy eats and snacks. So, let's dive into what's available, what we tried, and what made our best of the fest. From Las Posadas Holiday Kitchen in the Mexico Pavilion, we had the giant tostada de chorizo. This was a giant crispy tostada with chipotle black bean puree, ground chorizo, salsa verde, queso cotija, crema mexicana, and pickled onions. It was amazing. Definitely one of my favorites from the entire festival food booths. 
funny story, it was actually really cold earlier last week in Bay Lake, and we were literally wearing jackets and pants, hands freezing, shivering, eating this tostada at those standing tables in the Mexico Pavilion. They also have a tamale de barbacoa here and a dulce de leche churro, as well as seasonal margarita offerings. Next up at the Shanghai Holiday Kitchen, we tried the chicken skewer with creamy peanut sauce. This was actually really good. We quite enjoyed it. We also tried the vegetable spring rolls with citrus sauce. These were good. We like spring rolls, but in terms of originality, they were pretty standard. They also have a beef and noodle soup bowl and several beverage options like the bubble tea and the butterfly lantern cocktail. Next, at the refreshment outpost between China and Germany, they have a peanut stew with sweet potatoes, mustard greens, and roasted peanuts. Sounds and looks amazing, but we didn't have a chance to try it, unfortunately. Next up, at the Bavaria Holiday Kitchen in Germany, we stopped for some cheese fondue. This was amazing. Definitely near the top of the list for best of the fest for us. This cheese fondue is in a bread bowl with steamed vegetables, potatoes, and more bread to dip. We ate it all, including the bread bowl itself, and it was amazing. I definitely recommend it. They also have some seasonal beer offerings here. The Tuscany Holiday Kitchen has Montanera, which is pizza dough with pomodoro sauce, parmesan, and fresh basil, as well as a dessert spin on these with cinnamon and sugar. The Torta Caprese is a flourless chocolate torta with chocolate sauce and vanilla cream. We wanted to try this one so bad, but ran out of stomach space. It looks delicious, though, and I've heard nothing but good things. American Holiday Table has slow roasted turkey with stuffing, mashed potatoes, green beans, and cranberry sauce. They also have blackened catfish and the gingerbread cookie that was on the cookie stroll. Shiwasu Holiday Kitchen in Japan has the sushi tree with crab meat, cream cheese topped with seaweed, ikura salmon roe, and spicy mayonnaise. This was six pieces stacked to look like a Christmas tree and we loved it. It was delicious. They also had soba noodles with shrimp tempura and chopped green onion and a sweet potato mochi cake. Over in Morocco at the Tangerine Cafe, we tried the grilled chicken kebab with carrot chickpea salad and garlic aioli, as well as the stone-baked Moroccan bread with hummus, charmoula, and zoug dips. And wow, while these aren't exclusive to the festival of the holidays, they were both amazing options. At the Lechaim Holiday Kitchen between Morocco and France, they had a pastrami on rice sandwich that looked amazing, smoked salmon potato latke, potato latke, rugelach, which is a pastry filled with raspberry jam, walnuts, and cinnamon. This is another one I really wanted to try, but we ran out of stomach space. France had a crème de saumon fumé en brioche. It was dill flavored and the brioche itself is all green. It threw me off initially, but it was actually really tasty. They also had roasted ham with mushrooms, onions, bacon, potatoes, and mustard sauce. And a bûche de Noël, which is a gingerbread Christmas log with milk chocolate and hazelnut ganache. They also have a frozen hot chocolate martini here and a blood orange mimosa. Yukon Holiday Kitchen in Canada had seared salmon and beef bourguignon. We tried the beef, which had a crushed potato base with gravy. This was actually really delicious, good comfort food. They also had seasonal beer options here that you could turn into a flight. Refreshment Port near Canada had the turkey poutine with sweet potato fries, turkey gravy, cranberry relish, and crispy onions. We didn't dare to try it, but I dare you to try it. Swirled Showcase and Holiday Sweet Treats had sweet options, but we didn't stop there with all the cookies that were available, although Holiday Sweet Treats is where we picked up the Redemption cookie. And over at Holiday Hearth Desserts, which is currently in the Odyssey Pavilion, there was a bunch of sweet treats, including the Peppermint Pinwheel Cookie from the Stroll. We also tried the Apple Caramel Crumb Cake here, which was really tasty. They also had a Salted Caramel Cookie shaped like Spaceship Earth, among others. Overall, the food we did have at this festival was excellent. We weren't really disappointed with anything that we tried. There was a few things we missed out on, but I don't let that bother me too much. A lot of these options come back, and if not, something else replaces them, and that's totally okay. Realistically, it's impossible to see and try everything in one single trip at any of the Epcot festivals. So it gives you a reason to come back during the festival, if that's an option, or to visit again another year. 
Having said that, hopefully this gave you a good idea of the offerings at the Festival of the Holidays at Epcot and maybe gave you an idea of some of the food offerings you'll want to try. Like I said, these festivals are so fun and snacking around the booths is one of my favorite things to do in the parks. And that will do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk International Festival of the Holidays. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. I would also love it if you could take a moment to rate and review the show. This helps us reach more listeners and I love the feedback. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for much more magical content. The link tree in the show notes will take you to all our socials. Have a great day and we'll see you real soon. 